Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Investex Trading Update Conference Call. All attendees will be in listen-only mode. There will be an opportunity to ask questions when prompted. If you should need assistance during the call, please signal an operator by pressing star and then zero. Please note that this event is being recorded. I'd now like to hand the conference over to the group chief executive, Mr. Fani Titi. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you, Judith, and uh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Fani Titi, Group Chief Executive of Investec. I'm joined this morning by Nishlin Samwich, Group Finance Director, and a number of our executives are also on the call with me. Thank you all for taking the time to join us on this call to discuss our free close trading update, which covers the guidance for the six months ending on the 30th of September 2021. Please note that our half-year results will be announced on the 18th of November, 2021. We'll take a few minutes to talk through some key highlights today, and we'll then take uh, some questions. First, a few general comments on our overall performance. The period was characterized by good growth in revenue and lower impairments. The group's trading performance is substantially ahead of the same period last year, and in line with the pre-COVID competitive period ended on the 31st of August 2019. This recovery in performance underscores the resilience of Atlant franchises supported by improved economic conditions. For the six months ending on the 30th of September 2021, the group expects adjusted operating profit before tax to be significantly ahead of the prior period between 86% and 106% up from the £142.5 million that was reported last year. In addition, based on the current business momentum, we have raised our expectations for adjusted earnings per share for the year to March 2022. We expect this to be above the upper end of the 36p to 41p range that we guided in May 2021. Looking by geography, adjusted operating profit for the South African business is expected to be at least 50% ahead in rents for the period compared to last year's first half results of 2.184 billion rents. Adjusted operating profit for the UK business is expected to be at least 125% higher than the prior period's 43.4 million pounds. Now looking at the key drivers, revenue benefited from increased client activity across the business and the geographies. Funding costs were lower, and in contrast to recent periods, risk management and risk reduction costs associated with the UK structured products book were immaterial. Expected credit loss charges were also lower, aided by limited specific impairments and certain recoveries, particularly uh, in South Africa. It is also important to note that the group has retained its COVID-19 related overlays in order to account for the uncertainty that still remains in the economic environment. Lastly, while operating costs grew in line with increased activity and revenue levels, efficiency ratios have improved as revenue increased at a faster rate than cost. Now turning to divisional performance, the wealth and investment business grew funds under management by 9.9% to 
63.8 billion pounds supported by net inflows of 1.4 billion pounds favorable market movements and investment performance operating margins were higher uh, in the UK while South Africa was broadly flat in the South African business funds and the management increased by 9.5% to 364.5 billion rands with net inflows of 167 billion rands. In the UK business, funds under management increased by 9% to 45.4 billion pounds with net inflows of 0.6 billion pounds. Adjusted operating profit for the first half is expected to be ahead of the prior period in both South Africa and the UK. Now moving on to uh, the specialist banking business. Colons grew by 6.5% to 28.2 billion pounds given increased activity levels and good client acquisition within the private banking business across both geographies. The UK experienced increased demand for corporate credit across a number of our portfolios while SA corporate credit demand remained largely muted. For both South African and UK specialist banks, Adjusted operating profit for the first half is expected to be higher than the comparative period. Last month, we were very proud to learn that the banker had recognized Investec as the best performing, performing bank in South Africa for the second year running and the best performing bank uh, in the UK. In summary, the group has capitalized on opportunities arising from continued economic recovery and achieved an encouraging result year to date. Our client franchises have shown their resilience and we have good momentum as we move forward. Investec remains well capitalized and has strong liquidity and both these are above board approved minimums. The business continues to focus on its commitment to clients, offering them innovative solutions and an out of the ordinary service experience. The changes made to simplify and focus the group are bearing fruit, positioning the group well for sustainable long-term growth. Finally, I would like to thank my colleagues across the globe who have displayed extraordinary resilience supporting our clients and communities during what continues to be an uncertain operating environment. As COVID restrictions ease, we look forward to growth alongside our clients and to increase face-to-face -face engagement, which is core to our values and culture. Thank you for joining the call. I would now like to open the line for questions. Thank you very much, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, if you have asked a question, you're welcome to press star and then one on your touchstone phone or the keypad on your screen. If you decide to withdraw your question, you're welcome to press star then 2 to exit the question queue. Just a reminder, if you don't ask a question, you're welcome to press star and then 1. We'll pause a moment while we wait for the question queue to bold. The first question comes from Michelle Dono of 91. I wonder if that's me. Am I live? 
Yeah, you are. We can hear you loud and clear. How do you feel? Finally, it's Chris. I'm not quite sure what's coming through his Michelle Donner. My apologies. <laughs> I heard it was a French Michelle. M-I-C-H-E-L. Hi, Chris. I can be Michelle for you if you'd like, Friday. That's right. <laughs> Thank um, you, Michelle. Just a couple of questions for you, if I may, please. Can you just uh, give us a sense of the, uh, you know, you, you, you talk to the non-recurrence of losses in the UK Structured Products book. I imagine the environment has been favorable for unwinding some of that risk. Are you out of the woods there yet, or is there still the potential for uh, residual costs on that book to come through? Is the first question, and then just the second question, uh, could you possibly just unpack the nature of the uh, flows into the South African wealth management business looks like the net inflows have been quite positive. Looking at the disclosures, it looks that might have been uh, in the non-discretionary area, which is an area where I guess we haven't become accustomed to uh, big net flows in recent years. It's, it's been traditionally into the discretionary side of the business. Maybe you can unpack that a little bit, please. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Let me start with the... Uh, uh, Structured uh, product book. As we say in the announcement, we're pleased that the costs um, are immaterial um, and uh, we continue to look for opportunities to take off risk. So we still have a book and um, we still look to uh, manage that book as we go and take opportunities in the market to uh, reduce the, the size of the book. Also, depending on where market levels are, uh, some of the book will, will roll off. So we're pleased with the progress we have made, both in uh, in how we've managed the risk and uh, going forward. If there are opportunities to uh, reduce the book faster, we are always on the lookout for that. Uh, but it is not something that um, is worrying us at the moment, uh, and the costs have been immaterial. Um, on the second issue relating to flows uh, uh, in uh, in wealth management, we've got flows. We've had flows in the UK and in SA. And we've indicated a number of about approximately uh, 16.7 billion. That, uh, you're right, covers both discretionary and non-discretionary. And we've seen uh, significant uh, inflows in both categories. I, w I don't know whether Nishan wants to add any more flavor to that. You, you know, you've had flows of about 8.7 billion into the discretionary portfolio and the rest of the 16.7 billion into non-discretionary. I think what we are quite pleased of uh, is the nature of the, you know, the flows and the underlying clients and what that builds into the future. Great. Okay. Gentlemen, thank you very much and, and congratulations on what looks like a pretty solid trading like that. Thank you. Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> thank you very much, Chris. Ladies and gentlemen, just a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, you want to press star and then one to place yourself in the question queue. The next question comes from Bancola Obogu of Bank of America Securities. Morning, everyone. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. Just a quick question for my side. Probably has two parts. I guess the first is that you're indicating. Your full year performance is likely to be better than or towards the top end of your range. When do you think you'll be able to kind of give us a sense of a new range, number one? And number two, I guess, is there anything in your first half performance that you are cautious or concerned about that may not repeat in the second half or that might give base effects or headwinds in the second half? Uh, those are just my questions. Thank you very much. 
Thank you. I'll ask Nishlin to, to answer your questions. What we said in the uh, statement is that uh, on current momentum, we expect to be above the range, not uh, in, in the top half of the range, but above the range. So it's important just to to clarify uh, that. And I'll ask Nishlin to deal with the rest of the question. Nish? Yes, so I, I think two things. In, in you know, in November, I think we'll give you a lot more color uh, once we finalize uh, the, the, you know, the, the close of this particular period. Um, and that, that really deals with the second question in terms of whether there are anything. But I think fundamentally, as we've indicated in this update, the, the key drivers has really been a return of momentum into the business, as we've seen in a pre-COVID environment. And I think that's very pleasing and positive in terms of the outlook. Um, as well as the fact that there has been lower impairments uh, in um, in the period, rather than being, than being driven by release of uh, of uh, overlays, it's, it's driven by recoveries in the period. So I think when we do provide some color, you will factor that into your thinking uh, into the full year. Ankole, does that conclude your questions? Yes, thank you very much. Thank you. The next question comes from Mark Dutoy of Oyster Catcher Investments. Hi, good morning, everyone. I wonder if you could give Mark. us a, morning. Uh, I wonder if you could give us some um, just comments around the difference in the recovery between South Africa and the UK. I'm, I'm particularly particularly interested in the corporate lending behaviour. So, I mean, are we seeing SA corporate starting to lend again? Is it a similar experience across SA and UK? Just some kind of general comments on the differences in the environment would be helpful for me. Thanks. Thank you. I'm going to ask my colleagues, we've got Richard Wainwright here, who runs the bank in SA, to give you a bit more color, and Ruth Lee um, on the UK side uh, to give us a bit more color. Rich? Uh, thanks, Barney. Morning, Mark. Um, it's Richard Wainwright here. I'll talk about South Africa. We're still seeing... Uh, a reluctance of corporates in South Africa generally to to borrow. So uh, the investment activity across the corporate sector is muted. Um, so the the corporate growth that we're seeing here is very much in line with what we've seen with our peers, um, which is a, a muted performance. So our book, a lot of our book growth in South Africa is coming through our private client franchise, uh, which is uh, much stronger than in the in the corporate franchise. Um, and the 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 recoveries area that Nishan was talking about is also more in our private client franchise than it is in our corporate area. So a lot more resilience and activity through our private client franchise as opposed to our corporate here in South Africa. Ruth? Thanks, Rich. Hi, Mark. So in the UK, we have seen strong demand for credit across both our private client activities and our corporate client activities. I would say that last year we did have demand for corporate credit, but it was isolated to certain areas and not across the board, and we were seeing very strong redemptions at the beginning of the COVID period. So we, are, you know, we did see strong mortgage growth due to the changes to stamp duty, which have now come to an end. We still have a strong pipeline, and we expect that to slow down a little, but still to be ahead of the levels at which we were originating mortgages pre-COVID. And we are seeing 
of good of corporate demand across multiple business activities, leading to the levels of growth that you see in the numbers before you. So the UK has grown strongly over this period. It is now hitting a patch of you know, slower growth, inflation concerns, and various things ongoing related to Brexit and energy, etc. So we'll need to see what, what the next period brings. But at this point in time, momentum is strong and continuing. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, as always, we uh, hope to outperform the macro. So uh, we think our position within the corporate banking space remains very strong, just that uh, there's muted uh, uh, growth. We're seeing some activity, but we're also seeing uh, redemptions in the South African space. In the UK space, as, as Ruth said, uh, there's been a lot more activity, but the latest print in terms of economic growth in both geographies has been uh, rather muted, but the trend uh, the UK remains positive given the level of reopening of that economy uh, on the back of a high uh, level of vaccination. In South Africa, economic uncertainty, policy uncertainty, will continue to be the bugbears uh, uh, against um, a far more robust growth in the economy and corporates uh, react much more cautiously than with uh, individual retail clients to uncertainty. But we remain hopeful that um, we will continue to hold our market share, if not increase our share. The next question comes from Michael Gristy of Anchor Capital. Um, good afternoon, guys, and thanks for the opportunity. Just, just two from my side. Um, I was wondering, Nishlin, if there's been any progress in the last number of months in terms of getting yourselves to a position with the regulators where you can adopt the advanced approach and potentially improving your reported capital ratios. Um, and then um, maybe finally from your side, uh, you know, how are you thinking or has there been any progress in terms of realizing, you know, various assets, private equity assets that are dragging down your returns um, and how are you thinking about all of that um, at the moment if, if I may Michael just answering the first question I think we've made good progress in, in this period um, you know there's it, it one more model that's left uh, with the regulators which is our income producing real estate model uh, the key debate point is the fact that uh, you know we do have a, a bit of a lower loss experience in those models and therefore uh, it's really about calibration. Uh, we've resubmitted um, to the regulators based on feedback, uh, but these processes do take time, uh, and to be definitive, uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll be a little bit presumptuous, but the positive momentum and the desire to complete exists on both sides. Yeah, thanks, Nish. On the second question, we remain committed to uh, optimizing uh, capital. Uh, specifically, uh, we would like to reduce um, our uh, investment portfolio, as uh, stated uh, previously. Um, the environment has been much tougher given COVID in terms of um, evaluations, and we have generally uh, looked to realize assets at reasonable prices. So we've been uh, deliberate in um, uh, the realization of assets. Uh, obviously, that portfolio is much larger than just uh, private equity assets. I think when we report, 
uh, in November we will give you um, a much better feel of the progress we're making and uh, the moves that we uh, would like to make with respect to that. But we committed to that uh, as part of uh, the uh, number of initiatives that we undertook to improve overall value, operationally making good progress, but we continue to increase the level of capital that we have, and that can have a, a dampening effect on return. So we have to deal with the issue uh, as a, a matter of priority. Um, so, I mean, maybe just, just to be clearer, Fani, I mean, when you report, I mean, might we expect you to to sort of signal that you are making progress or at least the strategies being sort of narrowed down and refined. Um, you know, certainly the issues around COVID, I think I all fully understand, understood. It's not an easy time, but, you know, I think there's certainly amongst investors a sense of urgency that people are hoping to see progress there. I mean, how do you feel the last number of months have gone? Are you progressing? Look, realizing assets is not a quick uh, um, a quick thing to do. We think we're making progress. We wouldn't want to, I mean, this is a trading update, so I don't want to get into the detail of, of the assets as such. So let's just uh, hang 10. It's a huge priority for us, as I said uh, earlier on uh, today. If we don't address our capital uh, stack, we will not make the progress that we want to make with respect to getting to higher returns to cover our cost of capital. So it is as urgent a matter for you as it is for us uh, as a management team, really high on our priority list. So please, if you could just allow us to report in full um, in November. Great. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, just a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, you're welcome to press star and then one on a touch event, please stop in the question queue. If you decide to withdraw your question, you're welcome to press star then 2 to exit the question queue. The next question comes from Meghna Makan of Benguela Global Fund Managers. Hi there. Um, yes, thanks. Um, my question is just around um, the strong growth in the UK loans. Um, I just want to know, are you able to give us a bit of um, guidance in terms of what's happening with the NIMS? Um, in the UK with the strong um, loan growth. Hi there, here at Ruth in the UK. We have also seen a positive trajectory in reduction in our cost of funds uh, coming through at the same time that we are seeing this strong growth in the book. So, yes, an improvement in our NIM at this point in time. If you think back to last year, we needed to run very, very liquid towards the beginning of COVID, as everybody did, and uh, maintain very high levels of liquidity. Uh, the trend in the market for lower rates has really helped us to bring down our cost of funds while maintaining the volume of deposits we need to fund our asset growth. And so we have seen an improvement in the NIM as indicated in the statement. Thanks. And Migna, does that conclude your questions? Uh, yes, thank you. Thank you. We have a follow-up question from Chris from 91. Right, Chris. thank you. Sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Thank you. Yeah, 
Yeah, just a, a, a quick question. I was going to ask you about the, the um, investment portfolio, but I think you've answered that very comprehensively. The, the other question I wanted to ask is just perhaps a comment on, you know, with the robust asset growth you're seeing in the UK banking operations, uh, just what uh, is happening with risk-weighted asset growth in that space? And, you know, are you confident you can continue to pay out the sort of dividends you've been paying out? Uh, whilst growing your balance sheet and risk-weighted assets as you are, particularly in that jurisdiction, please. Um, so I think a couple of points. Number one is we, you know, you do have strong growth in mortgages, um, and from a risk-weight perspective, uh, that's much lighter. Uh, we are quite comfortable with the growth, and as we've indicated, uh, you know, the, in, with regard to capital. Uh, we're operating well above uh, regulatory minimums and above uh, our desired uh, minimums. So fairly comfortable with the buffers that are in the capital base. Um, sorry, Chris, can you just repeat the second question? Dividends? Uh, oh, from a dividends, yeah, again, you know, the guidance we've provided, which is a 30 to 50 percent payout ratio, um, I think is well considered in terms of, uh, in terms of the cycles, and uh, we are quite comfortable. Yeah, just to add, Chris, uh, I've indicated that uh, we've been accumulating capital uh, over this period, uh, so that that uh, gives you a sense that we will have capacity to uh, to pay uh, dividends within that range, probably uh, more towards the higher end of it. With respect to growth in the UK and growth generally of loan books, we've talked about the adequacy of capital. Uh, to fund that growth, we've talked about the impact on dividends, that we are comfortable that um, we can uh, continue to pay uh, dividends uh, at the appropriate level. The third element of it is always risk. With that growth, uh, what is the risk profile of, of, of the book, in particular uh, the, uh, on the mortgage book? We are very, very comfortable with our experience. Uh, given the quality of client that we have. So on both capital risk and uh, and dividends, we're very comfortable that uh, we're in a good space. Thanks, Chris. Super, thank you. The next question comes from Stephen Portita of UBS. Good morning. Uh, thanks very much for the, for the update. It's a very good performance. Um, just... Uh, Question on your credit quality and credit loss trends. You mentioned some recoveries bringing down the credit loss charge for the period. Maybe just in terms of the trends both in South Africa and the UK, you mentioned you're also still hanging on to coverage. Uh, do you still expect in the UK to have some uplift in credit losses as the sort of furlough schemes come to an end? Some of the macro issues start to to impact in the UK, if you maybe just give some color on that. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Thanks for the question. Um, you know, I think we've indicated that there's been no real pressure in terms of new impairments arising, which I think talks to the quality of the book, um, the level of recoveries that have been experienced, and the fact that you don't have pressure from a, a modeling perspective or from a specific name-by-name uh, -name perspective. So I think all of that gives, uh, a, you know, a, a real positive outlook in terms of underlying quality of the book, which we're, we've been quite pleased with in terms of behavior. Uh, with regard to overlays, both in South Africa and the UK, we remain cautious. 
Um, it's not, you know, at the end of the day, it's not at the levels that you've seen in the retail banks. Uh, there are provisions on the balance sheet. Uh, we think that it gives us uh, good coverage for some of the risks uh, that that lay out there. And, you know, with regard to the, um, you know, the, the unfolding of the relief aspects, particularly in the UK, we remain uh, we remain cautious around the, the outlook around that. But what's most important for us is that behaviorally, from a client perspective, uh, there are really no signs at this stage of any concerns. Ruth, do you want to give any any more color on the UK? I think Stefan had an interest in the UK, the, the furlough schemes and uh, the other bills. Uh, yeah, thanks, Barney. I think that Michelin answered that comprehensively. We are watching to see the impact of the removal of the furlough scheme. The government has been seeking to manage a soft landing as it withdraws from some of these programs and replaces with others. As Nishlin says, there is a fair amount of unpredictability and uncertainty still surrounding us in the system, and that is why we are being cautious, not a reflection of our own asset quality, but just in terms of the unpredictability of the macro environment as we look at it today with rising inflation slightly slow in growth and the impacts from Brexit. But in the areas and sectors which we've been operating in, we've been very comfortable thus far and are not seeing signs of stress at this stage. Thanks very much. Very clear. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, just a final reminder. If you'd like to ask a question, you're welcome to press star and then one. The next question comes from Walid Moshin of GS. Good morning. Thank you much for the call. A um, couple of questions from my side. Um, perhaps if you could uh, talk a little bit about the underlying um, cost trends. Uh, obviously, pleasing to see the improvement in cost income ratio. Uh, but perhaps you could talk about uh, some of the cost initiatives you've been taking and how they've been bearing fruit in, the, in, in this period. And secondly, uh, you know, Good deposit growth. Uh, if you could just talk about the type of deposits and, and and the flows into both South Africa and the UK business uh, on the deposit side. Thank you. Yeah, if I take uh, it's Michelin here. If I take uh, the cost base, I think uh, you know at the end of the day there were quite a few initiatives that were executed on uh, in the prior year, and we are seeing the benefits of uh, those come through, particularly around our uh, fixed cost base. Um, and across the businesses, we continue to see ourselves operating at, uh, you know, well below inflation with regard to fixed costs. When you look at momentum, obviously there's an element of variable that will follow improved uh, uh, underlying performance of the businesses, and we will really unpack uh, the specifics around those um, when we get into the actualities of the results. Um, Ruth, I don't know if you want to touch base on the deposit base on the UK bank. Thanks, Nisish. Sure. Hi, Walid. In terms of deposits in the UK, what we saw last year is as rates came down, uh, we brought our rates down and were flooded with high levels of deposits coming towards us. We are substantially retail funded, as you know, and the investor credit has you know, strong traction in this market. So we were able to build the deposit base while you know, reducing our overall cost of funds. Given that we are seeing a pickup in demand for credit across the market, I would say that that reduction in rates 
has you know, reached a trough and we're starting to see a slight turn towards uh, increasing retail rates in the market as lenders are now seeing stronger demand for credit. Uh, we have really used this period of time also to implement uh, a technological infrastructure behind our deposit raising, the back end or the, the plumbing, so to speak, to be straight through processing to really help us with the actual manufacturing costs of these deposits, which has you know, come through very nicely as well. So, so moving a lot more of that into you know, a digital solution, uh, but, but very comfortable with the re- level of our retail deposits and the overall cost of funds we've been able to achieve throughout this period. Yeah, if I may just go back to the cost question just to, to add color. We've obviously made certain key decisions over the last two years to um, increase scale and critical mass, and that has a structural uh, benefit to, um, uh, to cost. We've also looked at uh, operating leverage in that between bank and wealth um, and between South Africa and the U.K., We've uh, had certain initiatives that um, increase operating uh, leverage. So as we go forward, uh, we uh, look uh, to much more contained fixed costs. And as performance and revenue improves, you obviously will see uh, a higher degree of variability um, in in the income that is linked to, to those revenue, essentially variable remuneration. But that is the way we want our, our business model to work. But we're pleased with the changes we have made structurally, and we're pleased with the, the level of containment of costs, and we are also pleased that we have the level of variability in costs, um, uh, particularly employment costs linked to uh, the performance of the business at a revenue level. All right. Thank you so much. That's very helpful. Thank you. We don't seem to have any further questions on the lines. I will now hand over back to Mr. Pani Titi for closing comments. Thank you, Judith. Uh, just in closing, um, we, we are pleased with this performance and we look forward to uh, unpacking more of the detail um, in November. Um, we, we are pleased also that we are now tracking a, a pre-COVID um, uh, 2019 environment and that all our businesses are performing well. We have uh, both wealth businesses performing well, both bank businesses uh, performing well, costs well maintained. And as discussed earlier, we continue to uh, put a significant focus on the reduction of the investment portfolio and the optimization uh, of our capital. So thank you for your interest, and we look forward to a much more detailed interaction um, in November when we announced uh, when we announce uh, the interim results. Thank you again. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes today's event. Thank you for joining us. You may now disconnect your lines.